Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. This is the Ebony Empress Show on Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to everyone in the virtual world. This show is for those who want to learn more about dating and relationships. Hang out with the Ebony Empress Show page on Facebook or on Twitter at Ms. Ebony Empress and on her website, www.ebonyempresstv.com. Hold on to your seats and enjoy the ride. Here is your host for tonight, Ms. Ebony Empress. Hi everyone, welcome to the Ebony Empress Show, the Ebony Empress Show. Oh my God, I haven't been on for a while, so I'm really excited to be on tonight. It's going to make a change to have a conversation. It's a Wednesday, which is out of my comfort zone because I don't normally do Wednesdays, but I so wanted to have a conversation tonight with Hassani Pettiford, and he's a great, you know, you're going to meet him very soon. But he is such a great coach. He coaches couples. He will coach singles. And, of course, the subject is a bit of a feisty one. It is about single women of faith finding the one. Um, And I wanted it to be about, particularly about those singles in the church because some of you know my story. I kind of went back to church recently, and I was so, so concerned about the number of people who are still single um, about 70 to 80% of people in the church who are mainly women, and a lot of them are waiting for that special one. So just want to talk about it with uh, Hassani, see what he thinks, see how he feels about this whole question of singles, and not just for people in the church, but anybody who's looking for that one, that special one, what should be your approach? What should you be thinking? How should you be getting yourself into gear in order to attract what it is you say you want in your life? Or is it just too late for that? Have we kind of changed, the world changed? You know, it's just too late because the dating world has gone mad with internet dating. Nobody really cares anymore. Yeah, I, I guess some of you have given up. So for those people who have given up, struggling, we're going to have a little conversation, okay? And that's what it's about tonight. Very short conversation. Short for me because you guys know I can be on for two hours, right? But it's going to be short, but it's going to be sweet, and it's going to be packed with information. And I hope we're going to have a lot of fun actually discussing what is a very good topic right now and something that I know with my sisters around we've been discussing and we've been frustrated about, and it'll be nice to see if we can get some clarity to this whole area of how singles deal with, particularly women of faith, deal with finding a life partner. Is that possible or is there too much going on out there, too many distractions for that possibility to become a reality? So let's see how we go. So to start us off, because I know that you guys know I need you to chill a little bit, go get a cup of coffee, a drink, whatever you need, Come in and sit and just chill with me for an hour and let's just talk about this subject. I'm ready. 
I'm excited. I hope you're excited. Let's go for it. So before we go for it, <laughs> okay, I just want to play Kelly Price healing um, because I think the source of anything that you want to do around relationships begins with your healing. So right topic, right song, let's have that and we'll continue. I'll bring Hassani in and we'll start the conversation to you on the other side. For my soul, for my soul, and I'm tired of crying all night just for my soul. Lord, I need Thee, oh, I need Thee to take away the pain and misery. Cause God, I just can't do this by myself. I need a help, Lord. Gave my body and my soul away. So now I come to you just to behold. Heal my soul,
Okay, so welcome back. Um, so we're talking tonight about singles, particularly single women, single women of faith. Can they find the one? And of course, I've got Asani with me, Asani Pettiford, and he's part of a couple. I'll let him tell you more about himself. Of course, there there's the write-up. So if you're on my page, you can see all the wonderful things this couple have done. But we've got one half of the couple tonight. So I feel still doubly blessed because I'm sure they're a double act. And, uh, you know, if you've got one, you've got both. Okay. That's a good thing. He's a good example because he is in a marriage. He's been married for a long time, 12 years. He's got four beautiful children. So he's done very well. They've both done very well. So let's talk about it. Um, before we do, just let me remind you of a couple of things. Uh, if you want to call in, 517-387-1807, call in. I'd love to hear from you. love to have your point of view. In fact, Sani would like to probably talk for about 30 minutes, and then we have some questions from you guys. So, you know, log into my chat room if you don't want to call in, but we'd love to have some questions and comments and see what you think. Uh, I know people didn't get a lot of notice tonight about us coming on, and if you're in the UK, you're probably getting tired now if you've got work tomorrow. But, you know, feel free to listen to, you know, um, the podcast once we've actually completed the show because obviously it will still be up there forever. Um, the number again, 517-387-1807. This is Ebony Empress. Welcome to my show. Okay. So let me bring Hassani in um, and let me get him to say hi. Hi, Hassani. How are you? I'm doing phenomenal. How are you? I am good. All the better for speaking to you. <laughs> Thank you so it's much for having me on your show. Yes. Well, it's amazing to have you because, of course, because you're such a great coach. I wanted you in, and I'm uh, so looking forward to this conversation. All my girls will tell you I've been talking about it all day. I finally get the great Hassani Petrifford. I would have loved to have Daniel <laughs> as well, but if she's not here, it's fine. Um, you know, but I get you to come and have a conversation with me about something that's really dear to my heart. So I, it's a win-win for me all around. Great to have you. Thank you so much. Okay, so the topic, right? How do you feel about the topic? Single women? The faith, I think it's very possible And I think it's a necessary uh, Conversation to have because Unfortunately the church Has done a great job Of encouraging people To get married to find your Companion and to get married And have a family but they've done a Horrible job generally speaking Of giving uh, single People the right atmosphere The tools the knowledge And the know-how to make the transition from being single into marriage. It's almost like they condemn, repudiate, and reprove everything before I do, but then want to celebrate everything after I do. But you have to go from one season to yeah. the next season, and a lot of people are confused about what that looks like, what that means. And I think there's a lot of confusion from pulpits, which makes it very challenging for singles to, to know what the right thing to do is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I just want to make a little correction because I've realized on my show page I've actually made a mistake with the number. So let me just remind you of the number because actually I told you the wrong number, guys. 
516 it is, 516, not 517, 516, 387, 1807. I actually have a new number, which is why I can never remember it or get it right. So 516, 387, 1807. Hope you want to join the call. We look forward to having you. Come on, come on, let's talk about it. Um, so, yeah, I hear the point you're making um, about the church. I think um, we're probably on the same page on that one, that it, it is interesting how the church approaches the whole issue of singleness. Um, to tell you my experience, I haven't been in the church for a long time, although I was brought up in the church. I left for a long time. But recently I decided to come back. In coming back, I like found so many uh, people... Um, you know, who, well, particularly women who are discouraged, I'd say, a little bit lonely. Um, I think a lot of them have lost the will around the possibilities of finding someone. I think when you've been in church for a long time, it's like, uh, I've seen everything. I've seen all the possible. If there are guys still there, they're not the ones probably I want to date or I want to marry, um, you know. And maybe I'm not the person that someone wants to marry, but I'm still here waiting for this Boaz, right? And I hate the whole Boaz story because this just seems to be where the church hangs its hat, you know, in kind of saying to women, you know, Ruth, she went to the water, she waited, and, you know, her Boaz turned up, and her Boaz, you know, became the one, and you need to wait, you need to wait. And when you have waited for century, right? Some people, that's what we're talking about. It's like, really? Is that is that possible? Is it really possible? Are we just selling women a dream? And I, I really, I feel passionately about this, but it is a bit of a dream in the sense that the reality is 70 to 80 percent of the membership of churches comprised, you know, comprised by women. We, we take up the lion's share, and it's only kind of 30 or less percent of men are going to church. How are you going to get that? And then you've got the ones who are married. Happy for them with you. But you know what's left? Uh, probably what? Divorces, the widows, um, and the ones that nobody wants to marry. <laughs> okay? Uh, you know, so what do we do? Do we go outside? Do we, you know, nobody wants you to go outside because they want you to pick someone who is aligned in faith in the same way, you know, aligns your faith, your values and all the rest of it. So what is your choice? What, what do we do? What are the choices for women? Well, well, first of all, I remember hearing Creflo Dollar say something very powerful. For those who don't know who that is, he's a pastor in Atlanta, Georgia, with an international ministry around the world, but he said one thing that's more powerful than the word of God is the misinterpretation of the word of God. And so many people are misinterpreting the word and living their lives by a false doctrine that does not, that does not prove itself to be true. And to your point, you said most Christians hang their hat on the whole Boaz story. And I, I find it interesting how we've taken one scripture and somehow with a broad stroke define what dating looks like, how men and women should interact. When you have 66 books in the Bible, multiple examples of courtship and marriage. And so I, I think that we're not digging deep enough. And I think that we need to take a, an, another look at the scripture because, I mean, if we look at no, uh, Naomi and, and, and Ruth, 
they work together. Here you had a younger woman and an older woman working together to figure out an appropriate way to get the attention of a particular man. And that's in the Bible too. I mean, there's all types of things in the Bible. I just think Mm -hmm. it's a problem when you take a scripture, make it a principle, and that becomes the, the only method that one seeks in order to find companionship when, when it's completely ridiculous. Um, I think it's important for women. First of all, let me back up. I think that leaders, pastors, ministers should uh, bring in experts and those who have a knowledge of the word in specific areas that can help educate their congregation. I think the problem is we've made pastors the end all to be all as if somehow they're supposed to know everything about everything and they don't. And it's okay that they don't like I always give the example. If I go to my family doctor because I'm feeling pain and I have a knee problem. Well, if my family doctor is a general practitioner, it would be in his best interest or her best interest to refer me to a specialist, someone who specializes in knee pain. Because he could false diagnose me, he could give me the wrong medication, and the pain never go away. All I needed to do was go to the right one who had the answer. And I think that, you know, when it comes to church, we need to we need to bring in and embrace those who have the answer rather than relying on a powerful man and woman of God to just know everything because they don't, especially when it comes to relationships. Okay. Okay. So what would be, okay, given what you just said, what would be your advice to single women who have a very strong faith, who are, okay, it's not just about the pastor, I guess, who want to do what the Bible says, but also want to find a way out of syndrome or loneliness or, whatever, you know, whatever we want to call it, that they want to change their status, essentially. How do you advise them? Well, what would you say as a coach to those women? Okay, so number one, I believe that everyone should become a student of the Word. And becoming a student of the Word means more than just reading a chapter here, a chapter there, a verse here, a verse there. But do an exhaustive study on a particular topic. So if you're single and you want to learn how to transition from single life to married life, there are numerous uh, biblically-based books on that particular topic that did an exhaustive study, that can give you a a firm foundation, multiple scriptures, and directives of what you need to do. So number one, I I would say become a student and learn. And another thing I would say is if you want to be married and you're single, take a look around. Who do you associate with? Who do you get your advice from? You know, the number one question I have is who do you listen to? Do you you take a million-dollar idea to someone who's making $30,000 a year? Absolutely not, because whatever they tell you won't help you manifest that million dollars in your life. So you have to go to people who have what you want and who have been where you've been. So connect with other married women or married men and glean from them. How did they make the transition? What did they do? What steps did they take? They would probably have a a qualifiable answer. If all I'm doing is surrounding myself with people in my same situation, getting advice from them, 
they're not necessarily in a position to tell me how to get married if they're not married. I think oftentimes we go to the wrong people for the wrong advice. So having a marriage mentor or having friends in your circle that have a status, a relational status that you seek, you will glean lots of wisdom, knowledge, and insight from them as well. Um, Another thing I think is important to do, a lot of times we think we're ready for companionship, but we're not. If we've been alone and by ourselves and lived an individual life and have our own independence and we've been doing life by ourselves our own particular way, there's a, there's a mental paradigm shift that needs to take place. You're single-minded. Why? Because you're single. So you have to learn what being marriage-minded means, how to make those adjustments, and are you ready for it? Just because you're successfully single doesn't mean that you'll successfully function in a relationship because there are different rules, different dynamics uh, that make a relationship work. So I think all of those things, just scratching the surface, are some of the things that men and single men and women can begin to do in terms of transitioning into marriage. Okay. So uh, I want to throw a few things in that might get in the way, okay? So there's some curveballs I think that singles will experience that may block that flow, that lovely flow, because, yeah, you know, shifting your mindset and you can go into some work, personal development, you know, I, I would encourage anybody to do that. But what about the things that get in the way in terms of the people that you're trying to connect with, Okay. So now we have the internet, we have internet dating, which is such a big thing, Uh, you know, uh, 15,000 plus websites where people can go and meet people, not just people in the church, (laughs) you know, they can meet anybody, right? There's so much choice out there for the single person. I think the interesting thing with the, the few men that there are that are around single Christian women is that they're a bit like, you know, I'm the trophy. I am the trophy, and you need to get me. You know, there isn't that like, you know, I am looking, and and I'm really seeking it. It's more like now a trophy attitude out there. You you listen to some of the conversations of men, and uh, it isn't, you know, I'm looking to share, I'm looking to work with you. It's more like you need to come get me, and you need to do all these things and jump through all these hoops in order to prove that you're good enough to, to be a wife. Um, I don't know if you've heard that conversation yourself, but there, there's, that is something that I think women feel challenged by. There are other things that men feel challenged by. On the other side, maybe that women are now so independent, they really don't need to be saved, you know, they don't need, uh, you know, a superman person. To, to actually save them because a lot of them are, are more than equipped to look after themselves. And I, I think that makes the other side is that for men, it's a bit of a daunting world to, to date women who may be equal or more in status. You know, that, those, those are some of the challenges, I think, for men. You know, that whole thing about finances, people to get older, you know, who's got what, you know, that can get in the way. But I think essentially it's a bit of a scary world on both sides, even in the Christian church. Um, you know, it isn't as straightforward as you think you would like to think it could be. And I don't know how you advise women and men, I'll say both now because we're both 
afraid um, about how you get around some of the other challenges uh, that, you know, couple I've mentioned, but the challenges in trying to even meet the mate. Okay, so that was an excellent that was an excellent question, and I have so much to say on that. So if I get too long, please interrupt me because you asked you brought up a number of issues that I think need to be addressed. So number one, regarding internet dating, a lot of there's a lot of controversy about that, particularly uh, with people in the church, uh, because the belief is that you know you should find your mate in a church or your church or the church. And I didn't meet my wife in a physical building called a church. I met her at a seminar. She happened to be Christian. And I think it's okay that you meet uh, people outside of your congregation, uh, outside of the physical building called a church, because believers are everywhere. They're in libraries. They're in bookstores. They're in the supermarket. uh, They're walking down the street. And I think that you have to be open to that. And if we're looking for our partner to show up, you know, in the congregation, then we're significantly limiting ourselves. You know, as it relates to online dating, uh, I personally don't have a problem with that. I think if you're going to do that, though, there are certain rules that you should follow to make sure that you're making the right choice because a lot of people can deceive. A lot of people can create uh, personas that don't really reflect who they are. But I don't have a problem with it, with it with it in itself. I know many people who have actually met and married and have great relationships, and they met them online. I heard someone say something so powerful. He said, a grape can be used for medicinal purposes. A grape can be used for its nutritional value. But that same grape, given a certain twist, given a certain spin, can do great harm. So it's not what you use, but how you use what you use and not where you get it from, but what you do with it once you get it. He said fire can be used to warm you. Fire can be used for purification. But beyond benefit, it can even lead to detriment, ultimately leading to the loss of life. Once again, it's not what you use, but how you use what you use and not where you get it from, but what you do with it once you get it. So online dating is neither good nor bad. It is how it is used. It is how uh, it works for you that determines whether whether it is a good tool or not. But I don't believe that the devil is in online dating. Um, So I I think that if you have a particular foundation and if what you're looking for lines up with what God would want for you, what God's best is, I think you can go anywhere and, and find that if you stick to your standard. I think a lot of times we drop our standard because we get frustrated about the fact that there's only a couple of men or a couple of qualified women. And so therefore, oh, well, if this is all I got left. I might as well just take what I got. And so now we've lowered our standard and we get in a bad relationship and wonder why it doesn't work. And those are all types of problems. But let me, let me, before you come back in, let me address the whole financial piece. I, you know, I wrote a book entitled mm. why, why we hate black women and why we should love them. And it's a powerful book that really talks about mm-hmm. – I was sick and tired of every time I, I turned on the television, there was all these negative images of black women in the media, in the news. There were blogs just just destroying black women and who they are and, and why they are the way they are. And I got sick and tired of it, so I decided to write a book about it. And so when dealing with relationships where finances come in, the reality is – we switch roles. I mean, there was a time when we had pretty women and working men, 
And now it seems like we have a whole lot of pretty men mm-hmm. and working women, and the roles are switched. And those roles are negatively impacting our relationships today. And so while it is true that there are some men who are intimidated by a woman who makes more money, has more things, has a great position, has wonderful possessions that she's accumulated in her career. There are men who are intimidated by that. There are men who have feelings of inadequacy, that every time he looks at her, uh, he's reminded about what he's failed to do in his own life. So he has his own internal competition that he goes through with this with this woman who's done more. You have women who have outpaced men. They've out-educated themselves. They've over, uh, over uh, uh, occupied. I mean, they have better jobs. They have more money. They, they're more spiritual in many regards. And so men, their, their development has been arrested. So women are surpassing us, and it's impacting our relationships. So while that element does exist, you also have men that aren't intimidated by that, but sometimes it's the attitude of superiority that the woman may bring into the relationship because she has more money, because she has more things. So I think both of us, men and women, have have contributed negatively to the dynamic of male-female interpersonal relationships, and there are a lot of challenges that we've got to overcome in order to, to have a healthy, long-lasting, mutually beneficial relationship. Absolutely. I agree. <laughs> I've been here saying, oh, yeah. Hey, I'm gonna give you a high five on that one. Um, I absolutely agree with you. Um, I think, uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot of sense with what you're saying. We probably need to go read the book. Do you want to tell people about the book again? What is it called, and where can we find it? Oh, sure, sure, sure. Um, <clears throat> I've written 14 books and a number of books with my wife. Um, but this particular book is entitled Why We Hate Black Women and Why We Should Love Them. Now, initially, when black women hear the title, they say, oh, you must hate black women. You hate yourself. You hate your mother. You hate – and I'm like, uh, okay. But once they read the book, they absolutely fall in love with the fact that I wrote the book because finally somebody was able to you know, understand and, and write and speak to their issues in such a in such an awesome way, and so it gets rave reviews by women. I would highly recommend you you get the book. You can get it on Amazon.com. Just go to Amazon.com, type in okay. Why We Hate Black Women.com, and the book is a phenomenal read. It's available in Kindle, so you can download it on the tablet, or you can get the physical copy as well. Okay, sounds great. Okay, so I just want to raise one more issue with you, which is. Um, a touchy one because people in the church don't really like to talk about it, okay? So one of the things that I hear from my sisters a lot is that when they're in the church, they get a lot of men who are married, who want to give them, you know, uh, want to come around, be friendly, um, too friendly sometimes. But, you know, they, they feel like they have to pick up the bunch because they already have a wife, but, you know, they're looking at all these great single women and thinking, well, what's wrong with the brothers in approaching? So I think sneakily what they do is try to, you know, to, to get their foot in the door as well. Um, and that's a little bit uncomfortable for single women in the church. There's a lot of men who prey on single women. And I think they're also preyed on by brothers who are single and who don't really want a wife. 
because they're afraid or they're not up to it or, you know, they don't think they're financially up to it or, or they feel like they're in the street or what you call the sweet shop and you might call the candy shop. There's so much choice. Well, then you just keep rolling around from one church to the next and, you know, picking on these women and seeing who I can get into my little trap and then I throw them out again and what we then have is even more heartbreak that is added to heartbreak and these women eventually shut down and interesting thing I put on my blog today is that, you know, one of the postings I saw on Facebook by one of my friends was that he was asking people, he was really saying, um, you know, how long have you been single? And the answer came back, you know, 10 years, 12 years. We've had people talking about being single for 20 years. How does that happen? I mean, I was a little bit curious, is it? single single or you know with the old dalliance or what are you doing but there are a lot of single women who have shut down and men too because of this behavior so i don't know what your take is on it but i just wanted to pass it by you and see how you feel what do you think about that whole thing of people kind of preying on other people who are vulnerable and you are vulnerable to single sometimes because you know you're just trying to do your best to be a good, a good christian but also of course you know, hoping that the one will turn up. So what do you do about that? Well, first of all, I totally agree that there are many men, specifically, who prey on women in the church who don't have any intention on companionship. They just may want a sex ship, and they'll do whatever they need to do, both married and single, to woo a woman, to get that woman in his snare or trap, and then once he gets what he wants, he releases her because he's not interested in companionship. And while that, while that reality does exist, I don't want to create the narrative that, you know, the man is the one that typically is the deceiver, the liar, the tricker, the, the one who just wants to, you know, have sex, and the woman is the innocent one. I think that narrative is a false one. You know, there are many women in the church who are desperate, who are lonely, who don't care about relationship. A lot of them pursue married men because they don't want commitment. They rather, you know, they want to live in their own house, have their own life, but just want to lower their standards, not have them. So I think that there's a whole lot of pain and hurt on both sides. And I think when you have two hurt people who come together, they do things to hurt one another because they're only interested in getting out of that relationship or sexship or courtship what they desire, and they're not looking for anything that is mutually beneficial. So, yes, you have bad boys and good girls, but you also have bad girls. I, I Listen, there are a lot of good men who always seem to wind up with women who uh, aren't integral. So I think I, I don't think that women are more morally uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking in, I don't think they have an inherent morality uh, that men don't have you know I've seen it go on both sides of the equation and I think that you know if both individuals two men and women if they submit to their God and truly have a, a relationship with him with the father I think that the relationship that they have with each other will be much better. And I think, unfortunately, a lot of singles ministries don't do the best job really teaching people how to be the best version of themselves and how to have a quality Mm -hmm. uh, relationship with a member of the opposite sex prior to marriage. That's where we get into trouble. Okay. I think that's a fair point. I'm not – I didn't want to be imbalanced, you know, in favor of women, but, you know, I'm a woman – 
I have to go with the sisters for a bit. <laughs> but that, that, those are the stories that you hear, and, you know, it is an issue. You're absolutely right. People need to be trained, but I don't think it's easy, that easy to get to the bottom of it because I think a lot of people in church aren't necessarily fully able to deal with difficult conversations, right? When it comes to dealing with conflict, they kind of back off. You know, everybody wants to be nice because that's what church is about. So actually having a difficult, challenging conversation with somebody is not an easy one to broach and one that people and something that people are not all that, you know, comfortable with doing. And I think that might be the problem. But, you know, if we could really be honest and have open kind of conversations about difficult topics in church, I think it'd be much easier to get to the bottom of some of this stuff. But when you've got yeah. people who are kind of always trying to avoid, right, it's not easy. It definitely isn't you know, easy I, for anybody. I totally agree with you. Um, I wrote a book, another book called Pimping from the Pulpit to the Pews, Exposing and Expelling the Spirit of Lust in the Church. And I wrote that book because there's a whole lot of mess going on in the church. And a lot of us, to your point, are praying, P-E-R-Y, P-E-R-E-Y, excuse me, P-R-E-Y-I-N-G instead of P-R-A-Y-I-N-G. And when you have a culture of men and sometimes women who prey on one another, you'll never have anything that's healthy. And I think, you know, for a long time, dating, relationships, sexuality has always been considered uh, uh, inappropriate conversation to have in the church. And I'm like, well, what, what place should you have that conversation? And so now if the church remains silent on these issues and people are looking and curious to find out more, well, we're, you're, you're forcing them into the street. So now they allow movies and media and friends and the world to define for us what is good, what is bad, what is healthy, what is not, because the church is not, is not talking about it. And this is what, what I mean. You need somebody who's qualifiable to talk about these issues. And if you don't, then anything will go down. Anything will be said. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of misinformation and opinion being shared from pulpits that really trap and imprison women in particular. Like there's so many women who refuse to date. Why? Because they've been taught from the pulpit that dating is evil, that dating is worldly, when the word date doesn't even exist in the Bible. So if it doesn't exist in the Bible, then we can't say that it's wrong. What we need to have are godly guidelines for how we function and interact with members of the Yeah, I think that thing you mentioned about dating is a, is a key. I mean, when I have discussions with women in the church about dating, it's like, I don't date. I just want a husband. <laughs> what is dating? Well, what was caught in before people you know, dated. It was courting, wasn't it? You went out with someone, no, no, I don't want to do the whole thing. I just want to, I just want a husband, basically. <laughs> and uh, I'm working with someone recently who told me a similar thing. I'm just looking for a husband. I don't want to go through the process. And it is a difficult one because people are so hung up on the whole thing of, I just want to find this person and be married. That, you know, there's a possibility that you can end up with, a, you know, not Boaz, but his brother or his cousin or someone else. You know? And it, it, is, it is that story of 
our expectations, the way we're programmed in those uh, religious establishments and how we end up making choices based on what we believe we should be doing as opposed to anything based on anything solid. That if we're going to use the Bible as a guideline, is even in the Bible. So I, I totally agree with you on that. And I think it's a difficult one, but so many people have bought into the story that we already know out there that it's hard to change that, right? It's very hard to change it. Um, okay, so I know you kind of dropped off a little bit. Um, funny. Are you back now? You okay there? Hello? Okay, I think I have a little problem with Hassani's mic. I can't actually hear him. So whilst I'm waiting for Hassani to come back in, I am going to play something. Um, And we will do that until he can sort out his phone. He should be back in the studio in a minute. So while we're doing that, I'm going to play Luther Vandross. Um... And it's a song that, it's one of the songs that I really didn't know much about before, but um, I actually do like it. It's right in the middle. Um, And so I'm going to play that, and then we're going to be right back. We've got about 18 minutes left of lifetime. So I just want to say to you guys out there, if you want to call in and ask a question, I know we're chatting a lot, but we'd love to hear from you. Before Hassani leaves us, I'd love to hear what you would like to like answered in response to the question of singleness, anything around singleness or even faith, um, you know, finding that special person, uh, you know, call in, the number is 516-387-1807. So speak to you real soon on the other side, Luther Vandross right in the middle.
Okay, welcome back. If you're listening in, this is Ebony Empress. We are talking about single women of faith, finding the one. But uh, if you've been listening to the conversation, it's been more than just about women. We've been talking about singles in general in the church as well. And I have Vasani Pettiford with me, and I'm so happy about the conversation we've been having so far because it's been interesting, and I didn't realize he had written so many books. So I am learning, I am learning. And you guys need to go out and check out those books. I don't know why he has so many. He should be a millionaire by now, the amount of books he's written. I'm encouraged to finish mine, listening to to the fact that you've done 14 and I'm struggling on one. Oh, my God. Um, So well done to you. I I actually have a question um, from one of our listeners, which has been sent to me. So let me try and read it to you. Hold on. Um, I like this question because it sounds interesting. Is real old school love possible in 2017? It teaches in the scriptures we are in the last days and people are more lost than ever in the church and outside. Is it not safe or wise to cling to the Lord rather than any human as he never fails you? That's the question. Um, and she goes on to say, too many horror stories these days, hardly any old school... Uh, stick it out oh alright older people stick it out I think it's better no one has to put up with anyone else's anyone anyone else or anything these days I don't like it um, but we can no longer deal with foolishness as human beings what do you think could, could you do me can you do me a favor and just summarize what her question is I'm trying to understand what she's saying so a que- okay so in, in, what she's saying is, okay, you can't rely on other humans. I guess when we're thinking about, 
you know, all the things, all the distractions, the dating world that's on going on right now, the things that are going on between singles and the way that there is so such a lack of trust in other human beings. And I think what she's saying is if we can't trust the people that are around us, wouldn't it be better to just cling to our faith, cling to God, because at least you know that is sure, whereas other human beings, I guess, you can't be so sure of because nobody's perfect. Uh, well, so let me just say this. True, nobody's perfect. Uh, in true, you should not have just a blind, ignorant trust or faith in man because man is flawed. However, God created relationships for a reason. His first institution on earth was marriage. So he created us to be in companionship with one another, whether that is in a romantic way or just, you know, a platonic way. And so the foundation of all relationships is trust. And so while I think it's important to cling to your faith, you have to understand that as human beings, we are triune beings. We are spirit. We are soul. We are body. Our spirit connects us to the Father. And so with that, we operate in a particular heavenly realm. We're soul. The soul uh, is the mind, the will, the emotions, the thoughts, the intellect, the imagination, where all of those things reside in the area of our soul. And then we have the body, our flesh. And so I'm sure you've heard the term, some of us are so spiritually minded that we're earthly no good. You can't live in one realm and deny the other two. You need to have a perfect balance in all three realms because God created us to function in all three. And if we're going to be in this earthly natural realm, then that means that we're going to have to learn how to trust and have right relationship with other people. Because if we take on the mentality that you can't trust anybody, so now you operate in distrust. Now you have a wall. Now you have mm. an emotional distance initially. Before, you know, So if you go in with all of these issues or all of these presupposed beliefs and opinions about people, you're going to have a problem with intimacy. Intimacy means into me see. And because you fear being hurt, because you fear going through pain, you will throw up so many walls and create such a huge block from having healthy relationships. So, you know, I understand what she's saying, but I think sometimes – if we live in extremes, we only do we only hurt ourselves in the process. Yeah, I hear that. I hope that answers your question, listener. Um, I think that's a good question. I think, uh, and it kind of represents where a lot of people are. You know, a lot of people are afraid. Fear is a big thing, and it's real, right? Fear is huge, and I think fear is uh, one of the things that has stifled our progress. Fear has caused us from you know, entering into healthy relationships. And so at the end of the day, you are the lowest common denominator in every relationship you enter into. We spend so much time looking at other people, pointing the finger at other people that we don't realize that there are three fingers pointing right back at us, which means that we have to look at ourselves three times as hard. So if I was in a bad relationship with Joe, I break up with Joe, I meet Frank. Now... I don't trust Frank. I have trust issues with Frank. I, I, I'm not willing to get close to Frank. Why? Because of what Joe did. So now I'm going to hold a Frank hostage to the pain that Joe put me through. That's unfair. 
So as long as I carry this emotional baggage, as long as I operate in fear, I'll never have God's best for me because I haven't allowed myself to go through a healing process. I haven't emotionally and spiritually been delivered from the pain of my past, and I look at my future through the lenses of my hurtful past. And if I'm looking at my future through the lenses of a hurtful past, now I'm anticipating a negative, hurtful future because all I know and all I live in is in my past. Okay. Okay. Thank you for that. I've got somebody who wants to ask a question. I believe it's one of my friends. It's my house. He's on. Uh, It's my house. Welcome to the show. Uh, Can you hear me? Yeah, I can Hello. hear you. How are you? Okay. Yeah. Hi. Fine, fine, fine. Fine. Uh just to comment, I um downloaded a um I guess a chapter or whatever out of uh his book Why We Hate uh Black Women. Um, and I wanted to matter of fact what I'm reading right here is out of the book. Intimate partner, the number one killer of African American women ages 15 to 34. Just to comment on that, historically, from 1865 uh, to about 1950, actually 1932, uh, that was a pretty good period of time for African American relationships between men and women. They they married, had a tendency to stay married to death to you part. Uh, many families had 15, 18 children. Uh, got the same, you know, same couple, same partner. Uh, they built townships together. They, they did a lot of positive things. And, but however, in my opinion, once, um, like 1932, when generally Americans, not all Americans, but many Americans became dependent upon the government, um, that started to generate um, decade by decade, including some African Americans, not all African Americans, but some, particularly African American women. Some African American women, not all. Because I believe the disconnect today is uh, a lot of women feel they don't need a man. If they have a dispute, they can call the police. If they feel they need to be protected, they can call the police. They can take it into court. And if you go into the court system in any urban area in the United States, um, you're going to see a lot of disputes, a lot of those cases, are between men and women because in too many women, not all women, I don't know what the percentage is, has replaced the man with government. That's my comment. Bob, I'm glad he wrote the book there. Well, let me respond to that. Okay. I, I, I agree with that caller 1,000%, and there has been – as I said, you know, the system that we live in in the United States and there I say in different parts of the world because our experience is unique. As I go to Europe, when I go to different part, different continents, 
you know, black folk have experienced the same hardship, the same racism, the same systematic oppression in different parts of the world that we see here in the United States. And true, our reliance upon the government, and a lot of it is by force, uh, not all voluntary, because the system was designed to cripple the black family. It started on the plantation, and we're still dealing with the negative impact of that some 390 years later uh, from what happened on the plantation. And the government and the system itself systematically tried to pit the black man against the black woman, uh, empowering her and saying, listen, if you take this government assistance, if you take this welfare, you're going to have to kick that man out of the home because any man who brings an income, now the government will penalize you for that, but they give you just enough to survive but not enough to make it. And so to his point, that is one of, not the, but one of the major factors that has crippled the black family, and we're still dealing with that today. So when it comes to economic empowerment, we find that you know when both men and women come together on one accord and agree to be economically empowered and learn how to manage their finances and have the right relationship with money, it can positively impact the foundation of a family for generations to come. Okay, okay. So is my house you have to that response? You know, uh, we're in agreement on that. Like I said, I'm glad he wrote the book. Uh, There's another podcast. Ebony, you've been on it at least once. Uh, Charles Tyler's uh, uh, Brazil podcast. And where you've got a group of brothers that have left the – I mean, he even left. Charles Tyler recently relocated from Philadelphia to Brazil. So it's – I'm, I'm like I said, I'm glad this guy wrote the book because somebody needed to write a book and break down these distinctions. Um, can can I comment on the Brazil piece? Because I find that to be really interesting. So, you know, yes. I in the book, Why We Hate Black Women and Why We Should Love Them, I actually addressed that in a, in, in a small way. In doing the research for the book, I actually interviewed an, an author, a Ph.D., of a book called Why Black Men Go to Brazil for Sex. And he broke that whole dynamic down. So whether we're talking about Brazil, whether we're talking about Dominican Republic or different parts around the world, we know that a lot of times men are leaving the country uh, for (laughs) all types of reasons that I think are beyond the scope of this interview, but it would make for a fascinating conversation uh, about how sexuality impacts male-female relationships and why so many black men are choosing the alternative other and, and the reasons for that. Um, but, yeah, that's a great, mm. great, great discussion to one day have. That's another show, guys. That's another show. <laughs> and it probably will take a couple of hours to discuss it. I just want to say we're up against the hour. We just say 60 minutes, and we're kind of there. I don't... We're gonna we're gonna go into overtime, but I don't know. Are you ready to leave, uh, Sami? Because I know you you had a deadline, right? Are you I okay? have ten more you minutes. Wanna, you wanna I go? have ten more minutes that I can <laughs> devote, and then I gotta go. All right. Okay. So let me just say, if you're listening, just stay listening. If you're on your phone, if you're in the the chat room, um, I'm not sure if it will, you'll continue to hear it. But if you call in very quickly. You may catch us. You've got to call in 516-387-1807. But you can go back and listen to the end of the last, the next 10 minutes, which will be into overtime. 
if you stay on your phone, you should you should continue to hear the broadcast. It will continue for you. So um, I don't know if anybody else has a question out there or anybody on my switchboard wants to ask a question um, of Hassani. Hassani, you've done a really good job tonight. I'm so impressed. Oh, thank you, thank you. Listen, well, let me let me do this because uh, the brother did mention the the free chapter. Mm-hmm. You know what? I have so many websites. I'm not sure where he got that free chapter from, but I do offer a free chapter from the book, and it's entitled "Too Strong for Your Own Good." And one of the things that you mentioned earlier right. in a question that I didn't get a chance to address is the whole independent piece. And I think that uh, whenever you yeah. have independence in a relationship, you have a problem. So let me explain. In the chapter, Too Strong for Your Own Good, I talk about how black women in America have been forced to be strong. They've been forced to play roles that they were never designed to play, forced to be mommy and daddy, forced to be husband and wife. So by nature, they have a high level of femininity, but by circumstance and situation, they have a high level of masculinity. So when you have a woman who's both feminine and masculine and now is raising children all by herself, and she's now playing all of these roles, unfortunately, she may train her daughter to be a man. Now, let me, let's pause there. What do I mean? Mm-hmm. She's raising her daughter and training her daughter to be a man. And we find that even two-parent households do that as well. When you raise your – a lot of women will, will agree and admit that they've been taught to be strong, to be independent, to do for self, don't rely on man, have you on this, have you on that. And a lot of those lessons were taught out of survival. They were taught, listen, be Mm. strong just in case you have to do without a man. So a holistic teaching hasn't been given about how to be treated by, how to treat, how to function in a healthy relationship. It's almost as if, you know what, because there's so many no good men out there, you're probably going to wind up by yourself, so make sure you know how to do everything and don't rely on a man. So now a lot of times when she's seeking companionship, she leaves a man with no role to play because she's been taught to play that role. Likewise, you have males who are raised by single-parent mothers or, or, or in a two-parent household as well who sees mom doing everything. She's cooking, she's cleaning, she's going to football games, she's changing tires, she's doing everything. So when that boy grows up and becomes a man, he's looking for a woman who's just like his mama. And because mama did everything, he's got to, she's got to do everything, whoever this wife is going to be. So if a man, if a boy did not see a good role model of a man or no role model of a man, then he has a, a, a difficult um, path to discover what true manhood is. And I find it quite interesting how so many women know exactly what a good man is. They will tell you quick what a man is and what a man is not. I don't know how they figured it out where so many men are still trying to discover what manhood <laughs> is. We're still on our quest for significance. And so if you ask ten women what their definition of a good man is, you're going to hear ten different answers because their definition is based upon their upbringing, their past relationships, their worldview, their perspective. And so if a woman who absolutely knows winds up with a man who doesn't know, he, his manhood is now shaped by her expectation, which may not be a holistic expectation. So both men and women have been hurt. Both men and women need to be healed. Yeah. And when you have, when you have mm-hmm. weak, incompetent, skillless men, and I'm using extremes intentionally, who connect with strong, independent, I-don't-need-a-man women, you have a horrible dynamic in that relationship. Horrible. 
So both of us need to grow. Both of us need to be healed. Both of yeah. us need to understand what a relationship is. So, and, and let me just say this, and then I, you can chime in. In order to solve the problem, how can mm-hmm. we do it? There's, there's no single, there's no simple solution to this complex problem. I think we need spiritual healing. I think we need emotional healing. We need personal growth and development. We need uh, a relation, a historical relational counseling. There's so much that we need to do because our experience in the States is so uniquely different than other groups of people, other ethnic groups, that we, we require special attention in order to have a healthy, mutually beneficial platonic relationship. I mean, uh, not platonic, but intimate relationships. Okay. Well, we're, we're out of recording time, and we're into extra time. So I'm going to cut the conversation. I'm going to say we, let's bring it to an end. I think um, if we're going to talk more, we should do another show another time. I know you're always so busy, but I'm going to, I'm going to pray that you're going to give me space in your calendar. We're going to come back and have another conversation because I think there is so much that we could have uh, discussed tonight. There's so much more, I'm sure, that people would love to hear. But um, I, I'm going to kind of leave it there. What I'm going to ask you to do is to just tell people about your website because um, I know they can go back. I've just been told that the, the recording was for those people who were online. But if you want to just for the purpose of the recording, people going back and listening, tell people about your website and where to find the book, et cetera. Sure. Please go to www.couplesacademy.com. Dot org, dot org, and you can find all of the books there or most of the books there. Or if you feel more comfortable going to Amazon.com, certainly do that, and they'll pop up there as well. Okay, fantastic. I just want – did you want to say anything finally? You sound like you were going to no. say something. Okay. So I just want to – okay. I just want to thank you for your time. Thank you so much for sharing time with me tonight. And and my listeners, thank you so much for pouring so much wisdom into my listeners who are out there. And for me, too, I learned so much from you. Um, I hope you'll come again. I hope it's been a great experience. It's been a good one for me. Um, I just want to say to people out there, I'm going to, of course, I'm always promising that I'll come back and do more shows, but I am only going to come back and do one-off, and they need to be the ones like tonight. So uh, come back and listen to me another time. I'm sure I'll put the show um, stuff up that you know in advance. And apologies to those people who didn't manage to get on the live one. But thank you to everybody who's been online, to all my silent listeners. Thank you very much. And thank you, of course, to Hassani. I know he's now fallen off. I'm going to see you all again soon. Take care and good night. Thank you. It's my house. I know you're still there. Good night, everyone. Good night. Take care. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. (gasps) No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.